The reading is taken from Philippians chapter 2, um, beginning at verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honour people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ." He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. Oh, good morning. We are, uh, as we've said already, we're talking about uh, new friendship this morning. And uh, as we've been going through uh, the book of Philippians for the last few weeks, uh, Philippians is a great place to, uh, and sort of appropriate to look at and talk uh, about friendship. Um, We've mentioned some of this uh, in, in the lead up to it, but, but Paul had a special relationship with the Philippian church. Uh, it was sort of a bit unlike any of the other churches, and, and, uh, and so we've sort of talked a little bit about that in relationship to this letter. In particular, this letter was, um, some scholars would believe that it was actually written, written specifically as what would be known in, in, in the ancient world as, as a friendship letter. A sort of a, a sort of a very sort of almost formal way of declaring, um, sort of an outlining a relationship together, and and Paul seems to be expressing that sense of friendship and relationship uh, with the people of of Philippi. It's it's interesting uh, if we think back to the sort of ancient world. Um, Paul would have had a very different and unique. Uh, perspective on friendship and relationships in the ancient world. M most people didn't travel that much. Uh, and if they traveled, they, they probably didn't go very far from, from where they lived and worked and where their family was and, and, and their community and all of those sorts of things. But Paul uh, was, had lived a, an incredibly different life in that regard. He had been from a place called Tarsus. He uh, had spent time in Jerusalem. He uh, went on to live in a place called Antioch that we've talked about a few months ago. Um, and then, of course, we know that Paul went on these missionary journeys. And, uh, and on these journeys, he would spend uh, sometimes a few days and weeks with people, but other times he would spend years with them 
as he went on these journeys. So not only did he build friendships and relationships in, in those places, but, but then he did things like he spent time in prison and he got to know the people that he was imprisoned with. And, uh, and he took some incredible, uh, some incredible boat trips, not really a cruises so much, <laughs> uh, it was more like shipwrecks and things like that. And so Paul had accumulated um, a, a, an incredible network of relationships and friendships all over uh, the ancient world. I, I kind of wonder um, if we were to, uh, if we could open up Paul's, you know, uh, Facebook account, um, what that network would look like. I was sort of curious yesterday, and I was thinking about that, and, and uh, so I won't say who it was, but I picked, um, there's nobody here, but I don't think, no. Um, but I, I picked, I was thinking of somebody uh, who's a clergy person, and uh, they've uh, done a lot of work in other parts of the world, and uh, so I went on their Facebook uh, profile yesterday, and I, I pulled up their profile, and I looked, you know, at their friends, and uh, well, I said earlier they had 5,000 friends. Actually, they had 4,997. If they could just get three more, they could really kind of be somebody. And, th- and then in the, in the people that were following them uh, then on Facebook was uh, 32,000 people were following them. I'm sure those are all very deep, intimate relationships that this person has with, probably, and probably not. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really not that crazy when you think about the kind of relationships and the network relationship that Paul had. He, he writes over and over to different churches and, and we have so much of the New Testament because he has those kinds of relationships with people all over and he's penning letters to them and writing to them because Paul understood friendship and certainly he understood friendship in, in his, the context of his relationship with, uh, with the Philippians. Well, today in, in this passage, there's really two relationships we're going to look at for a moment. And, and the first one is with, with Timothy, Paul and Timothy. Timothy had come with uh, Paul and joined him on his second missionary journey. And, uh, and from then on, uh, we don't really know how they met and uh, how all that transpired. But, but what we do know is that Paul had an incredibly deep and special relationship with Tim, Timothy. Paul was sort of the father in the faith to Timothy, and, but it was more than just being sort of a you know, father in the faith. But, but over and over, Paul will refer to Timothy, and we see it here. He says, he calls Timothy his son. He calls him his son. He writes two letters later on, at least two that we know of, that to Timothy, and every time it's to my son Timothy. And, and there is just this incredible bond we, we see and, and we read through the relationship, especially here today in, in these words from Philippians. See, Paul is, is telling the Philippians that um, he wants to send Timothy to them. He wants Timothy to go to them, but he's saying to, to the Philippians, not right now. This isn't the, quite the time, but he will be sending Timothy on. But, but listen to what he says about Timothy. He says, I have no one else like him. That's an amazing sort of testimony about how Paul feels and what he thinks and the kind of relationship he has with Timothy. He says, I have no one else like him. In all the relationships I have, there's no one else quite like Timothy. He goes on, he says, 
He shows genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interest, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son and with his, with his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. What an incredible commentary on Timothy. Paul's saying, you know what, there's lots of people out there but you know what? Everybody pretty much is out there for their own interest. But Timothy, Timothy's out there and he has not just their best interest in mind, but he says he has the interest of Christ Jesus in mind for you. Wow, that's powerful. A powerful friend who when they show up, they're not just wondering how you're doing. They're there thinking about what it is that God's doing in you and through you and how they can support that and be part of it. And that's the kind of person Timothy was. And no doubt that's the kind of friendship that Paul had found in Timothy as they had gone on a missionary journey and gone all throughout and traveled. No one else like him. But you know, one of my favorite little sort of things uh, about Timothy and Paul is uh, later on in, in the book of Second Timothy, um, as, the, as Paul's concluding that letter, the, his second letter to Timothy, um, you know, he's sort of in that phase where he's saying, and by the way, greet so-and-so and greet this person and that person. And then Paul just says this and pens this to Timothy. He says, Timothy, don't forget to bring me my cloak. I just love that. Timothy, remember the cloak that I left behind? <laughs> I don't know whether it was warm when he left and he intentionally thought, I don't really need this right now or what have you, or he got down the road and thought, oh my goodness, I left my cloak, whatever it was. But here he is sometime, a significant amount later, saying to Timothy, Timothy, by the way, before you come, pick up that cloak. And then he goes on, he goes, and, and also, could you pick up the scrolls as well and especially the parchments? And I love you didn't have to explain which, what that was. He didn't have to say specifically any more than that because Timothy would have known right away what he was talking about. He just says, pick up those scrolls for me and please don't forget the parchments. I mean, isn't, that, isn't that just a great picture? I mean, we have friends, you know, that come back and forth from the U.S. and, and uh, you know, sometimes they'll message through and say, hey, we're coming over. What could we bring? I like those kinds of friends, you know? And then there are some friends, though, that, that when they show up, they don't even ask, but they brought the right thing because just, you just know you so well. And that's that sort of relationship Paul has with Timothy. Hey, bring my cloak, bring the scrolls, parchments too. Looking forward to seeing you. Well, the other uh, person that we read about in this passage today is, is Epaphroditus. And, uh, and Paul says this about Epaphroditus. Well, let me say this first. Epaphroditus was, um, was from Philippi, and, uh, and the, the Philippian church had sent Epaphroditus to Paul. Paul was in prison, and, and they had sent Epaphroditus to, to Paul. And, uh, and so uh, probably Paul already knew Epaphroditus. Probably he had known them from their time. And, uh, but we'd, we have to sort of read any of all that into it. But Paul says about Epaphroditus, he says three things. He says that Epaphroditus is his brother. He says that he is his fellow co-worker. And he says that he's a fellow 
soldier. Co-worker, her friend, a, a, a brother, a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. I think that really is a great sort of picture in Epaphroditus about how we actually come to be friends with people. Some people we come to be friends with um, really just out of relationship. And literally, sometimes we have friends that are family members. I don't know if you have actually family members who are friends too. Sometimes they are and sometimes they're not, right? <laughs> but, uh, but sometimes we, in our sort of circle of acquaintances, in our sort of social circles, in our sort of, you know, things that we, the places we go and the things we do, we end up building relationships with people. And sometimes people turn from sort of acquaintances into friends. And, and so Paul's expressing this about Epaphroditus as saying that, that he, he, they've built this friendship together and, and Paul's saying sort of we're, we're brothers now and specifically Paul would be speaking of brothers in Christ. We've got this relationship, we have this bond together that we have formed and, and it's, 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 you know, it's important. And so we, we build friendships sometimes just out of people that we run into and we encounter through life and, and there's something about them and that we sort of, you know, something special develops and it, it forms from acquaintance to friendship. But the next thing he says is that we're, they're co-workers. Another way we build friendships, isn't it? We oftentimes build our friendships with people that we work with or people that we're going through common experiences with. We went through, you know, school together, or we, you know, um, I just, I'll just point. I'm going to pick up Michael right now because they just celebrated 50 years of uh, a wedding anniversary last night, and uh, Michael had they had just a great gathering, and and it was great to meet people and uh, from from Michael and Avril's life who they met, but especially I made as I would ask people, where did you, you know, where do you know them from? And and I had a major group of people that I met last night just said, well, when we had kids together at St. Stephen's. Because you know what, that sort of happens, doesn't it, in sort of seasons of our lives. We, we especially, it seems like with, as parents, um, when, we, when we're, our children are young, oftentimes there's friendships that are formed and forged in those, those, those times or those experiences and that sort of common experience or common workplace or going to school together or something, bonds start to form in that and they go on for years and years to come, many years. Well, the third way that um, sort of is expressed here is he says, as, as a fellow soldier. There are sometimes uh, great deep friendships are so formed through adversity, through times of adversity. When times get difficult and times get tough, it's amazing sometimes the relationship get, that gets formed with the people that we go through difficult times with. And they're unique and they're unlike any other. I uh, worked for a number of years with, um, with military chaplains and, and uh, working with military chaplains, um, uh, spent some time, you know, talking quite a bit uh, about PTSD and, um, and uh, meeting folks that had been in combat together. There's something unique about people who have served in combat together, fellow soldiers. What I've always found interesting is sometimes your fellow soldier, you don't even really like them that much. But through training and through experience and through ultimately, if you experience combat together, 
You come to the place where you know that you can trust your life with this person. And for many, the, the, the whole post-traumatic piece of it is, is partly not just what they've been through, but, but actually coming back and being away from those friends and those bonds and those kinds of deep relationships. It is that sense that they don't have that relationship and those people that they know that they can trust and that they've been through sometimes to hell and back with. And they feel that sense of loss and that sense of something missing because they're fellow soldiers, because they've been through adversity together. Some probably in this room have been through times of fighting disease and cancer or something like that, and you would probably say there were people that in the midst of that, bonds were formed and relationships were formed, or all sorts of adversities in our lives that we go through, we form relationships and friendships, and they're sort of unique and nothing like that. And Paul says that about, I think in, in his description of Epaphroditus, it's, it's that recognition that we have friends in different ways and different capacities. Let me just take a few minutes to, to just talk about some of the attributes that, that come up in this passage, some of the things we've heard as the passage was read tonight or this morning. The first is that friends show genuine concern. They really do care about us. Not all those people that say they're our friends, but the people who really genuinely are our friends are the people that really genuinely are interested in what's going on in our lives. Genuine sense of concern. Proverbs 17 says this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Well, friends not only show concern, but, but they also, like Epaphroditus, aren't just looking out for their own interest. I mean, we all know that in friendships, I mean, one of the great bonds of friendship is there's so much we get to receive, right? <laughs> but, but true friends aren't just looking out for their own interest. They're also looking out for our interest. That's a mark of, of a true friend who's not just in it for what they can get out of it, but but is actually giving and concerned about what it is that it is that we really need. Well, another attribute here is the, the messenger. Epaphroditus was sent as a messenger from the Philippian church. And Paul says that he's later on going to send, uh, that he is sending uh, Epaphroditus back with a message from him. Friends are messengers, aren't they? Sometimes friends have that kind of message that we need because we are going through a difficult time or something challenging, and it's a message of a friend of saying, encouragement of saying, keep going, keep pressing on, it's worth it, I'm with you. And they just give us that message of hope and that message of, you know, just persevere, just keep going. But I have to say, you know, some of the best friends are those that also can deliver some really hard messages to us. They have the courage to say, and the sort of depth of relationship to say some things that are hard for us to hear. They're the ones that sort of can be like a mirror at times. And, and because they know you and because they, they know about our lives and they're watching from a bit of a different perspective, they can just sort of come in with a message that Maybe it isn't a message you wanted to hear, but it's a message you so desperately needed to hear. 
And those friends we cherish, right? Because they actually are willing to, to risk, in a way, the friendship to say the things that we actually really need to know and really need to hear. So friends are messages. Proverbs 27 says this, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. I think that's what the, the, the writer of Proverbs is saying there. So sometimes the things a good friend says to us feels a little bit like, ow. But it's like, ooh, but I trust that. Because I know you and I know where it's coming from and I know actually you've got, you're, you're willing to say that where nobody else is because you have my best interest at heart. That's a true friend. Well, Paul also, in describing these two men, says that they take care of their needs. They're there to help. Probably Epaphroditus was there literally, quite literally, to serve Paul while he was in prison and make sure that his needs were met and that he was cared for in real tangible ways. Friends are those people that can just sort of show up with a supper for us when we, just when we need it. <laughs> they know sort of what we need and, and they know how to do that and respond in those ways. They're there to help. Epaphroditus, though, went above and beyond in that Paul says that Epaphroditus risked his life. As Epaphroditus had gone to be with Paul, he fell ill. And uh, it was not just sort of like a bad cold or man flu. <laughs> It got really bad, and he almost nearly died. And, and so Paul says, Paul says, Epaphroditus literally risked his life for the relationship. That's a friend. Paul goes on, though, to say about Epaphroditus, and he says, so welcome him and honor him. Friends are people that we welcome and honor, aren't they? They're people that we're so glad when we see them show up. You know, have you ever had that? You're just out and about or you're in a situation unexpectedly and a friend shows up? It's great, isn't it? We, we, uh, Shelly and I lived in a place for a while and we'd get sort of um, you know, invited to different things and we really didn't have a lot of friends. Sort of, we were sort of new and not a lot of bonds of friendship. But there was one couple that we had sort of started to form a friendship with and it was always for both of us when we'd walk into a social event and we'd see the other person across the room was like, oh, they're here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so good. Now I know I have somebody I can talk to, somebody that, you know, like, all that sort of thing. Friends are people that we honor. We're so glad to see them. And the, the last thing that, that he says here is that friends, well, we rejoice. They're, they bring joy to our lives. Friends are those people that we just want to spend time with because you know what? Friendship is also just about having fun. They're the people that we can truly celebrate, you know, events in life with. That we just, getting together with them is just, it's just fun. It's just good. You know, some of the best friendships are the ones you don't feel like you have to do anything. You're just being together. is just good. That's a mark of friendship. But today, as we think about friends, we think about these kind of relationships that, that Paul is talking about with these two men, we're also reminded that the greatest friend we have is Jesus. He is the mark of friendship. And the true place that we come to understand and live out what friendship means. This is what John writes in his gospel, the words of Jesus. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. 
Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I've made known to you. Jesus is our friend. He says that's the kind of relationship that he's come to build with us. Not the kind of relationship that's standoffish, not the kind of relationship that leaves you wondering, but the kind of relationship where he just says, here, I just want to share with you. The things that the Father's doing, I just want you to know too. He's that friend that sticks closer than a brother. The one is always there that we can always count on. You know, when I think about Paul and all that network of friends, um, as he was making his journey back to Jerusalem, towards the end of, the, end of um, Acts, we see Paul going back to Jerusalem, and Paul knows that what's going to face him in Jerusalem is not going to be pleasant, but he also is absolutely convicted that God's called him to. And everywhere he goes, people start coming out of the woodwork. Everywhere he shows up, crowds come along and just begin to gather around him because he's built this network of friendships. And some of those friends come around and say, Paul, whatever you do, don't go to Jerusalem. It's going to be bad. Paul says, I know. That's why I have to go. <laughs> but I just love that you just get this picture of, of all those relationships. And I think it's because of that sense of Paul knowing that he had the ultimate friendship. Friendship with Christ. He was able to understand and encourage and develop all those networks of relationships. My guess is, hopefully, maybe as we were talking um, today, some people came to your mind. People who you count as friends. Maybe who exhibited some of those characteristics we were talking about. But the real message today isn't so much about who are your friends. I think the real question, the real challenge for us, I'd say it this way, the challenge for me even as I was preparing this, is the question is, who am I really a friend to? How much do those characteristics and qualities, how much are they a part of our lives? Because I have to say, you know, I like friends who do all of those things for me. But it is about how are we being friends to those around us? How are we building those relationships and do we really have other people's interest at mind? Are we really willing to sort of be messengers and say the words of encouragement but also the hard things sometimes that need to be said or do we sometimes think, ooh, I don't want to be the one to do that? Are we willing to put ourselves at risk? Are we that kind of person that when we show up, people are happy to see us because we're going to bring some joy to the room And really, ultimately, it comes from that question of, have we become friends with Jesus? Because I'll tell you, a lot of that doesn't come naturally to us. It comes out of a life of experiencing the friendship and the relationship and the love of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And out of that begins to be a change in our own relationships and how we live towards others and how we build good and healthy and strong relationships and friendships. I think that's our invitation today.
What would it look like if we were the kinds of friends we want to have? I'm going to invite the worship team to come, and they've got a song that we'll sing together. And, but it would just be, as they're making their way up, let's just take a moment to pray. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, I thank you that you don't ever call us to do or to be anything that you haven't already been to us. And Lord, as we think about friendship this morning, we are just overwhelmed by the fact that you turn to us and you call us your friends. You're the one who spoke the world into being. You're the one who created us and formed us. And yet you describe your relationship with us as a friend. So Lord, out of the depth of the friendship that you have offered to us, Lord, may we be people of friendship. May we look for those opportunities to build relationships. And Lord, may we come and be like Timothy, like no other, who has other people's best interest at heart. Not just their best interest, but we're there to bring the interest of you, Jesus, to the situation. So we thank you today. We celebrate friendship. We rejoice in you. Amen.